Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Stories of Innovation. Our guest today is Her Excellency Ambassador Miss Nona Dupré. She's the current EU ambassador to Nepal. Previously, she was the head of partnerships at the Partnership Instrument with the Foreign Policy Instrument. Thank you so much for creating the time, um, Your Excellency. Today, we are going to be looking into the green growth, the circular economy, and how innovation fits into this. Okay, so uh, very quickly, uh, we know that the European Union is backing up the Green Deal. And the Green Deal is majorly looking at how we can stop the biodiversity losses, how we can stop pollution. How do you see innovation fitting into this, particularly in contexts such as Nepal? Um, well, thank you for offering this opportunity to talk about the EU's um, Green Deal here in Nepal. So really, in essence, the EU Green Deal is our modern growth strategy, where as our president uh, of the commission, uh, Ursula von der Leyen says, we want to have economic recovery that gives back to the planet more than what it takes away. Um, so for us, we want to, we're very ambitious. We want to be the first climate neutral continent in 2050. For that, it needs to be a whole of government, whole of society approach. Um, but also we are not in this on our own. Mm. So the European Union emits about 8% of total greenhouse gas mm -hmm. um, emissions in the world. Mm. So we need to encourage partners, even the most reticent one, to follow us along this path of being climate neutral and also to enrich again um, biodiversity. So the EU Green Deal really is, is, a, is, is a bunch of strategies covering the whole of industry, the whole of society. Mm -hmm. um, it has the biodiversity part, which is about um, bringing back biodiversity. Mm -hmm. um, it is about um, being climate neutral, so less greenhouse gas emissions. It looks at transport. It looks at um, uh, buildings, but it's also about circular economy, which mm -hmm. is about using less of the of the resources. So for us, um, we think that um, this is also essential to do with partners. Mm -hmm. So if you look at Nepal, Nepal only emits very little in greenhouse gas emissions, although greenhouse gas emissions are increasing in Nepal. So it doesn't contribute that much to the global emissions, mm -hmm. but it does contribute to local disasters. Mm -hmm. um, so this is where, um, along with other development partners here in Nepal, we support Government of Nepal agenda, which is called GRID. Mm -hmm. So GRID is um, Green, Resilient, Inclusive Development. So Nepal itself has very ambitious goals mm -hmm. um, announced um, at the COP26 in Glasgow. And we really want to support Nepal um, in that, yeah. on that path. Yeah. You, you've brought out two things that I want to follow up on a little bit. The first is how the local emissions are contributing to local disasters. And Nepal being a context that is very prone to hazards, including the effects of climate change, but also understanding that sometimes it's the marginalized groups or the marginalized um, units within the community, like women and children, who don't contribute as much to climate change, but yet are typically more affected. How would we go about and linking this to greed, which has an element of inclusion? How would you say is the best way to go about including the marginalized groups or even the most affected population? Mm -hmm. 
Um, we are very um, aware of this, mm-hmm. also within the EU. So that's why, very importantly, uh, along with the EU Green Deal, we also have this just transition mechanism. Mm-hmm. Because this transition is going to be disruptive. So we have to make sure that it's the fairest it can get. So not only will it be difficult for the most vulnerable to adapt, mm-hmm. But they are also the most affected, whether within the EU or anywhere in the world. Uh, Women, children, marginalized groups. We have also seen in the last years, because of the, I mean, through the COVID pandemic, that, um, you know, social and environmental um, um, uh, imbalances, Mm -hmm. they reinforce each other. So when you have a social shock, it also reinforces the, the planetary um, yeah. shocks. Mm-hmm. And without having, you know, this um, environmental, but also um, social and economic um, sustainability and balance, mm-hmm. you will not get to sustainable development. So you need to make sure that you bring everyone along. Mm-hmm. And for us at the, uh, in the European Union, wh- whether within or outside, um, what is very important is this leave no one behind. Mm-hmm. So in everything that we do also here in Nepal, mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we are very inclusive and that we don't do more harm, you know, this do no harm approach. Yeah. So looking at the inclusion side, um, here in Nepal, we continue, for example, to support education, where we really focus on making sure that um, not only there is quality outcomes, but also that there is a diverse population that can go to school, actually. Mm-hmm. And we also, with our Finnish colleagues, we focus on um, trainer education, but more particularly on women teachers. Okay. Um, so that is just um, one way. Um, we, for example, we also have a new project with our German colleagues on um, energy efficiency and renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And this is the same. This is about energy poverty, which mm-hmm. again affects the most vulnerable communities, the children, the women, mm-hmm. um, where we want to make sure that we can bring along the women and that we can provide some benefit um, mm-hmm. to the women mm-hmm. too. That's very elaborative, especially because you've already given examples of how the EU is supporting Nepal in appreciating or even embracing some of these new processes and new technologies. You've given examples of grid, but you've also given examples of system strengthening, like working through the education system, not only providing quality education, but also supporting um, to have the adequate human resources. What about, say, within the business fora, uh, like female entrepreneurs who are typically, you know, they have limited access to some of these opportunities or limited access to some of these platforms where they know how to go about or navigate the business industry. What are some of the thoughts you can share on that? Um, so, well, <laughs> women, they are also an essential part of innovation. Yeah. Because, you know, if, um, if everyone looks at the same issue from the same angle, you don't see the total picture. Yeah. <laughs> and if you also use, use only 50% of your resources, you're not going to get to the same impact. <laughs> yeah. um, so for us, you know, gender equality is just part of our, uh, of our DNA, but mm-hmm. it's also part of our foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, we very strongly believe in gender equality. Gender equality has not been reached in any country of the world, so mm-hmm. we really need to make sure that we get there because we're not using our, our resources adequately. So here, um, in particular now on, on women entrepreneurs in Nepal, um, 
I think through my travels in Nepal, I, I've met some incredible women because yeah. if you give them the voice and you give them the space, they just don't stop. No, yeah. <laughs> they're super dynamic. Yeah. Um, so, for example, for, from through our um, trade and investment program, uh, we try to um, to promote in particular women entrepreneurs. We're mm. supporting now the Federation of um, Women Entrepreneurs Association of Nepal mm. in their um, exhibition uh, mm. from the 18th to the 20th of, of August this year. Um, women, they are entrepreneurs, they are innovators, they're also consumers. Yes. And I think they are also, they, they, they have a, they are conscious consumers that also know that they need to, you know, put in uh, less resources in products, have more sustainable products, products that can last. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, because consumption of resources is also central uh, to the global economic system. So we can't move away from consumption, but we can move more towards uh, responsible consumption. And perhaps this is where the circular economy comes in. Um, speaking of circular economy, and when we think about innovation and the fact that innovation can look very differently for different people. So to you, Ms. Nona, what would you describe innovation to be and what would you say is central to innovation? So for me, innovation is, I mean, it can be, an, it for me, it has to bring progress, yeah? mm. progress towards sustainable development. Mm -hmm. um, for the good of our planet, for the good of our people, consumers, citizens, voters, mm -hmm. everyone. But so it can be a new product, but it can also be a new way of um, of doing something. But it can also be a new way of looking at things, of thinking. Yeah. So for that, you need to involve. You ha you need to have diversity in innovation, yeah. and to make sure that you give them the, the voice and the space for innovation. Um, but it doesn't have to be. Um, necessarily deep tech no mm, <laughs> it can also be very simple things um and what i would find very important for nepal two things yeah um first is to i think learn from the lessons that we have made in the european union for example where we have just um grown very quickly into uh, mass consumption mass production and we're now stepping back from that. Mm -hmm. We're now looking into more sustainable consumption, sustainable production, um, because we have noticed that we have just used um, resources beyond the planetary boundaries. Yeah. So I think Nepal is also moving away from its more traditional indigenous ways of consumption and production into more of this mass consumption, but it doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. So it could leapfrog immediately mm -hmm. into this next stage of more sustainable consumption and production. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, very importantly for Nepal is to involve its youth mm -hmm. and to give a voice and space to youth. So that's also why European Union in Nepal um, supports youth um, to make their voice heard into policy design, but mm -hmm. also policy implementation and policy monitoring. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of innovation has to come from youth. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of creativity oh, is yeah. in youth. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we're very proud to uh, work with youth here in Nepal. Um, we have also uh, set up this youth sounding board because we really want to listen to youth mm -hmm. um, so, and to get their uh, um, views mm -hmm. on our cooperation, for example, here in Nepal. Mm -hmm. 
So there you have it, people. The EU has a sounding board. <laughs> <laughs> Please engage. Um, but it's reminding me of uh, maybe a, a similar process that we have in World Vision in terms of co-creating and incorporating voices. Because earlier on, you mentioned, for example, what the whole world went through during COVID-19 with the lockdowns. And in Nepal context, for example, mental health became an issue, particularly among adolescent girls. We're just looking at a recent report by UNICEF that was documenting about 40% increase in the number of suicides amongst girls. The number was slightly lower than boys, but it was still higher compared to the same period the previous year. So for us, in, uh, in with our innovation lab in World Vision, we went through this co-creation process with the adolescents and we were asking what's the main challenge and how can we address this? And the feedback we were getting was that it's mostly because of the feelings of isolation, not being able to reach out to their colleagues. And so that's how we came up with a simple game. It's a board game. Um, but essentially what it does is that it enables people to reach out to one another, but it's also passing child protection messages to enable the different groups because um, it's anybody above 18 years but below 18 who can participate. But I've also played the game, which was quite <laughs> engaging. But it does three main things. It empowers the participants in the game. It engages them, but it also educates them because they get information in terms of where they can get services. So now that we see innovation isn't just about deep technology, um, what are some of the other innovation stories you've had across the globe? Because we know uh -huh. you, Nepal is in the first international posting for you. What are some of the innovation stories you can share? Um, so here in Nepal, I think, um, well, we have, um, we have worked in brick kilns before. Mm -hmm. So we, where we have also tried to introduce more cleaner ways of, of, of producing these, uh, these bricks, um, through organic matters, um, through using less concrete. Um, so that has also, um, brought about um, investment mm. uh, into into Nepal mm -hmm. and has also created more jobs mm -hmm. um, into this cleaner way of producing uh, bricks. Mm -hmm. That's one example. I think um, another example is um, after the earthquake, we've also mm. um, supported um, renovation of um, cultural heritage, but not only looking at the buildings, which are beautiful, and, and, and the ponds, uh, the pokaris, but also looking at um, bringing back these uh, skills of the artisans, the local handicrafts, uh, and also um, promoting uh, women entrepreneurship into uh, producing um, traditional foods or um, setting up guest houses. Mm -hmm. um, it's not an innovation per se, mm -hmm. but it's also just bringing back uh, traditional ways and which are really one of the assets um, of Nepal and which are very sustainable uh, in, in the way to consume and, and to produce again. Um, through our project um, which is called grape <laughs> we also want to uh, promote uh, climate resilient um, agricultural practices and agricultural value mm. chains where we will also look at um, nepali spices but at the way they are produced but also trying to bring them um, to the markets um, whether local or or international looking at the backward and forward linkages um, 
We work in the in the coffee sector. Mm-hmm. I think that's very promising. I think um, Nepali coffee is 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 the best huh. I've ever had. Yes, <laughs> it's really really good. So whereby we have also um, trained uh, coffee farmers into. Um, using more organic um, fertilizers, mm-hmm. but also using the waste, mm-hmm. you know, the, the organic the, waste. Yeah, um, from the coffee beans. F- from the coffee beans mm-hmm. um, to, to reuse them, mm-hmm. you know, the, those, those, those three R's, the, the, yeah. the reduce, the reuse, and, and the recycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just very lately, um, we are also trying to support the Pashmina sector here in mm-hmm. Nepal, where we try to have also... A, a whole of Nepal um, sector value chain. Mm. Um, so very simple uh, training, but where we have trained mostly women um, Changra goat farmers mm. um, to uh, harvest the Changra wool from the Changra goats mm. um, without hurting um, the animal, but also uh, by increasing the um, the wool that you can get um, from that goat by giving them very simple combs. Wow. I want to go back to that's amazing um, because it's different stories of things that different people at different levels can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very translatable. It's very relatable, particularly what you talked about, the renovation of the cultural center, because it's not just about making buildings new, but also appreciating that some of the traditional ways of doing things were actually working, were actually sustainable. And so having an agency such as yours at the front line of such restoration is something that I believe a lot of people will really appreciate. So from a non-Nepali, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, but so moving maybe towards the sustainable development goals and you know, agencies such as the European Union what would you say are some of the things that different entities can do to stay agile, to stay re- responsive, especially keeping in mind that we are in a very rapidly changing world? Um, I mean, it's obvious to me that we have to be agile, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we have to get out of our offices. We yeah. need to go to the field. And we also need to work very, very closely together. Yeah. With government, with civil society, with business, with youth, with women, with everyone, yeah, mm. to make sure that we get all of the different um, points of view. Um, I think that's the only way that we could support Nepal mm. uh, by being agile and by listening really to what is needed here. Um, I think what is very important also is this global solidarity. Mm. You know, people say that multilateralism is a very empty phrase. <laughs> But I think that now we have seen that, you know, through, you know, COVID vaccines oh. or climate change, it can only work if we work on this um, together. And um, also providing these um, global public goods together um, is just a basic social protection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because providing also these uh, sustainable products to everyone. Um, is also the best way to ensure cohesion in a society. And we will see, I mean, climate change and lack of biodiversity is already fueling conflict. So we really also need to make sure that all of us together, we work on decreasing those those inequalities yeah. that have increased again with the COVID, COVID. pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I want to touch a little bit on working together. 
because mm-hmm. that is ideal. We all aspire to working together. What would you say are some of the things that you would consider as enabling factors um, to bring that forward? But also, to flip the coin a little bit, what are some of the barriers? So that Because sometimes when you address the barriers, um, it, it, when we reduce the barriers, it helps to, to make it a lot more realistic, this ideal situation. Um, I don't think it's an ideal situation. <laughs> <laughs> I just think we have to get there. Okay. There's no other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, of course, you need to listen to each other. So mm-hmm. this year, I am also co-chair of the International Development Partners Group here mm-hmm. in Nepal. Mm-hmm. So that's, for example, one platform mm-hmm. where we really try to work together, mm-hmm. to listen to each other, to know what the projects are, not only of each other, but really to create synergies mm-hmm. um, and to go on common field trips, to go to have common messages towards Nepali government, mm-hmm. really trying to get it to, to the next level. So not only about sharing information, but mm-hmm. actually trying to reinforce each other's uh, projects and, and messages. Um For that, of course, you need to have a voice. You need to provide space to the others. Um, you need to actually actively listen. <laughs> um, but I think it's the only way forward. Yeah. Um, this is about, you know, saving the international rules-based order against aggression and against um, this aggression that we have also all committed on our on our planet. Um Otherwise, we're just not going to survive. <laughs> okay, so we just have to do it. We just have to. And I think it's also um, helpful now that, especially as we become a global village, as we get more stories out there in terms of how we are affected by the same things. We are affected differently, but essentially we are affected by the same things. And therefore, we have unique solutions to provide to that. So... Let's continue talking to one another, listening to one another, and co-creating. Right. So, <laughs> so one of the things that we typically face whenever we are looking at climate change or also reverting some of the biodiversity losses uh, and appreciating that right now we also have more people who are consuming more, how can we go about, for example, making the businesses that are sprouting up How can we make those businesses greener? What are some of the policy environment um, aspects that we need to consider? And then, yeah, let's start with those two aspects. <laughs> um, so I think, as you know, the European Union is the biggest internal market, uh, consumer market in the world. Mm-hmm. And so being big <laughs> allows us also to promote very high environmental standards not only inside, but also outside. So we mm. also don't want to export our pollution. Mm. So we are promoting very high environmental standards, but also labor rights standards um, to make sure that everything we consume internally applies, um, complies with those very interna- uh, high international standards. So companies around the world are now uh, using and uh, complying with those very high environmental standards. Mm. Um I think including here in Nepal, and this is where um, it is also in the interest of companies, you know, Mm -hmm. because um, resources make a big part of production costs. Mm. So if you are using circular economy towards your resources Mm. and you have less resource input, it makes your product not only more sustainable, but also cheaper for you. So it's a a business model. Mm. I think this is a business model that young entrepreneurs in Nepal have exactly understood mm. um 
So I think now also this, they're doing this not only to comply with very high environmental standards mm. in Europe, but just because it's good um, for the product and mm. it's good uh, a, a good story to tell also to the consumers because consumers are also more and more conscious about their footprint and their carbon footprint and also their um, power to change um, society and the way of, of producing. Yeah? Mm. Um, also as voters. <laughs> um, so it's very rewarding to work with um, young entrepreneurs here in Nepal. Mm -hmm. um, they have been very creative and innovative and they're making all sorts of beautiful products that really put Nepal out there. Uh, mm. Nepal already benefits from a very positive image in, in the EU. Mm. Um, so I think it can really build upon that. Um, so that is one way where we work also with young entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, but we also have this, um, as I said, this, this youth sounding board where we really want to uh, listen to the voices of, of young people mm. um, from uh, Madesh province, from mm -hmm. the far west of Nepal, mm -hmm. um, to give their inputs in how, how we can improve our cooperation between mm. the European Union and Nepal. Mm. Um, that's just one of our um, projects where we want to engage with young people. Mm -hmm. We are also supporting Nepal's um, Youth Innovation Lab. Mm. Um, they are uh, placing you know, young people mm -hmm. um, into municipalities, mm -hmm. uh, rural and urban municipalities, to help those municipalities um, populate data mm -hmm. on disaster risk management, for example. Mm. Um, I think that is also a very powerful model where you bring youth from different areas um, into the municipalities to work uh, with the, peop the, the people of the municipalities. That's one way. Um, we also want to um, provide some training to young people mm -hmm. so that they can have their voices better heard mm. towards policymakers. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think that's also, I mean, it's a very important aspect of our work here. Yeah. It's linked to um, 2022 is the European Year of Youth, mm -hmm. but I would say really it goes beyond. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just a, a, a symbolic thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, similarly, uh, 12th of August is mm -hmm. the International Day of Youth, mm -hmm. but it should just be every day, mm -hmm. <laughs> Year of Youth and every year also. Mm. Wonderful. You said some really powerful things, um, especially in terms of how the youth are part of the solution when it comes to disaster risk reduction and how they're working with the municipalities, uh, but also how it's just smart business to not only reduce waste, but to also either reuse it or recycle it. So that's a really interesting model that I think many people can also buy into. So thank you for your time. Thank you. I <laughs> I, I not only just want to say beautiful world, <laughs> <laughs> but really put it into action. That's, that's true. That's true. A call to action for everybody, not only the EU, um, but also the international organizations, national organizations, private sector, civil society organizations. There are so many actors in this space. And like you said earlier on, we just have to work together. And there are different opportunities hmm. to work together. Thank you for guiding that. You're welcome. <laughs>